ESPN underscore Chicago. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood weeknights at 7 right here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. In 20 minutes, we'll hear from my friend Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network, two-time Super Bowl champion of the Denver Broncos. We'll get his thoughts about what the Bears should do in the draft, his thoughts about the Bears overall, especially with the choice of Nick Foles as the one of the quarterbacks for the Bears. So we'll get into that uh, as well coming up with Howard Griffith. Tales from the Hood also coming up at uh, 835. Got a big question to ask you, especially if you're at home watching television. We'll get into that coming up at the 835 mark of our hour number two. So um, I was I was reading Darnell Mayberry, and I get a kick out of his columns from The Athletic. He covers the Bulls. In the background on Mayberry is, is that he covered the Oklahoma City Thunder, a good team, good organization. I mean, I think he saw Kevin Durant and James Harden and Russell Westbrook all play together, and, of course, that all got splintered. And so he comes to the Bulls. I think he's been covering the Bulls for a couple of years now. And I, it's got to be a culture shock for him to go from such a quality organization for years in Oklahoma City then to come to the Bulls. But it, it is interesting to read the thoughts from Darnell Mayberry regarding the Bulls because, as you know, it's I don't know when the NBA is coming back. I have no idea when we're going to get regular live sports again. Uh, I said off air that I believe that maybe Memorial Day, June 1st, could be something. And I don't know if the if the NBA would be able to cobble something together. But here's one thing that I could be assured of. Uh, and it's not even a hot take. It's just something uh, that you may agree with. The NBA regular season's over. Okay, I don't, I don't think that's a stretch, right? I, I can pretty much say that what we see here, the top 16 that are in place for the playoffs, uh, this thing's over. And so that means the Bulls season's over. And the breakdown of what we saw from Bulls basketball is uh, is really disappointing. Because the way Mayberry broke it down, he says 15 of Chicago's 22 victories came against five opponents. Atlanta, Cleveland, Detroit, Memphis, and Washington. Teams that combined to go 115 and 212. When the Bulls weren't beating teams as bad or worse than them, they typically weren't beating anybody. He realized that the Bulls went 0 for 21 against teams in the top eight in the Eastern Conference. I mean, if you're watching Bulls basketball, if you were watching this past season, and you were just watching loss after loss after loss, and just it, maybe it just was a malaise, right? After uh, after a certain point, maybe it was just kind of like, okay, just another loss, and didn't care who it was against. But you go over twenty one against teams in the top eight in the East. Then they were two and twenty three against teams above five hundred. The fewest such victories among all the teams in the NBA. And to say this season was a massive disappointment would be an understatement for sure. Very few positives from this season that the Bulls played when they're 22-43, and 43, 11th place in the Eastern Conference. A promising offseason that went awry, as Mayberry writes in The Athletic. He says that the Bulls blew a 10-point lead in the final six minutes of their season opener against Charlotte. I remember that, and lost that game. 
Three games later, they squandered an eight-point lead in the final three and a half minutes against New York. In the eighth game, they gave up, 13, uh, gave up a 13-point fourth-quarter lead at home against the Lakers, only to lose again. Those first eight games set the tone for the season, and boy, that is the truth. Straight truth of how bad this Bulls team was. And the thing is, is that you don't know how it's going to get better. I'll go into the weeds with you a little bit with this, right? And I think this really tells a story about Jim Boylan and what he was trying to devise with this team. Offensively, the team revamped multi-ball handler system. So not only just one guy, you had a multi-ball handler system that seemed like a strange choice. A roster filled with non-traditional playmakers, none of them were great. They were all asked to orchestrate in ways few were comfortable doing. Countless possessions stalled in half-court sets, leaving limited players no choice but to create end-of-shot scoring chances out of isolation. The Bulls also shot up to 27th to 9th in three-point attempts per game, launching about 10 more than they did last season, while hitting a marginally worse percentage. (laughs) They believed in the three, but still couldn't hit it. Chicago's offense ranked second to last above... Only the injury-ravaged Golden State Warriors. Think about that just for a second. Let that just sink in. The Bulls' offense ranked second to last above the Golden State Warriors. And this is a Warriors team that did not have Steph Clay. You know, they did not have them for a full complement of games. Like, you know, this is what you're talking about here. And so, for me, I'm glad that... The season's over for the Bulls. Not necessarily the NBA, but the season's over because watching that is nonsense. And so you can understand why a Bulls fan would be disappointed. They'd be uh, upset. You can understand why a Bulls fan would look at this team and say, well, where's the hope? The Bulls have suffered through three tough years, two underwhelming coaches, and a 71 and 158 record. And this is supposed to be a fresh start with Jim Boylan, right? 71 and 158. But then management for the Bulls will look at you sideways as if you don't know what you're talking about. Bulls management will say, yeah, we are are just going through a process and we're trying to develop and we have this growth plate. It's all BS, man. All of it. So even though the NBA season is not taking place, the one thing you could... feel good about is that you don't have to fill your eyes with bad Bulls basketball. Listen, if you're someone that just are, are a Bulls fan and you're an Arden Bulls fan and that's all you care about, that's cool. Nothing wrong with being a fan of the team. But open your eyes to the fact that this season, this Bulls team was not going to be in the top eight. They had personnel that was good enough to get there, but they never trusted one another. It goes back to the piece from Joe Cowley in the Sun-Times that we uh, referenced yesterday on the show. Joe Cowley talk to Zach Levine and Zach is saying all the right things. He's frustrated with all the losing and all that, but Zach Levine's got to realize that no matter how many shots he puts up, no matter how many great plays that he makes, he's just one guy. And if you don't have a coach or coaching staff to bring everything together, then what is the whole point of this? So you get ready for the season, you get with your homies you get on social media, and you get ready for the bull season, and then that happens. That happens. And that be, meaning that you get nothing. 
you know, nothing for your fandom, nothing for your enjoyment, nothing for your entertainment dollar. I just thought if you haven't seen this, you should just check it out because it is a terrific column that illustrates what's going on and what's not going on with this Bulls team. 71-158, three seasons. While everyone wonders uh, when games will resume, there is an equally important question hanging over the Bulls. Will the Bulls use this break to finally answer the bell and bring in some new blood? We've heard the rumors, so this is the time to do it. We talked yesterday about Gar Foreman, right? Gar Foreman, the general manager for the Bulls. I saw him in a Northwestern game. I saw him uh, in other places trying to scout and looking for talent. That's what he's become. He's become just like this international scout now. And instead of just getting new blood in, you just keep the guys that have struggled. You keep the people in place that have struggled. Imagine, by the way, if you're a Cubs fan, imagine if this happened with the Cubs, right? Where you have a general manager in Jed Hoyer. And if you feel like the Cubs are going in the wrong direction and they go under 500 and they go in the wrong direction, could you imagine Rickett's like, yeah, we're just going to reassign you and put you in this office, but you're still going to have a say. If you're a Cub fan, you'd be calling me saying, okay, that's enough of this regime. It's not working. Same thing with the Blackhawks. If, the, if John McDonough said, you know, we still had those three Stanley Cups and we believe in Bowman, so Bowman, we're just going to reassign you and put you here, but you're still going to have a major say. In the, I mean, that's the same thing here with Gar Foreman. He might be a super scout, but he's at the table, just like John's at the table, just like um, like the Ryan Source are at the table. makes no sense. I would never want to be that embarrassed. I would, ne- I, I would never want to go into a room knowing that my team is terrible and not even do anything about it because you got the same eyes on the same bad product. It's something. So now the question comes to whether or not we're going to have the NBA. As I mentioned, I, it feels like maybe this could happen in May or June, but I, I have no idea. I'm just being optimistic because I still think that the NBA can um, bring a season to the fans, a postseason to the fans. Because there's a lot on the line here if there is no season. Because what you tell me, Eric, like if, if, say, for instance, there's no season, now the Clippers need to win next year because you don't know what Paul George or Kawhi Leonard will do, right? Right, because after next season, they both have the option to opt out. So the Clippers gave up a bunch for what could end up being really one postseason of those two guys together. If, the, if things get canceled. And the Clippers can't be like Toronto saying, okay, we're going to roll the dice, Kawhi. You were traded here. You may not come back, but we're going to do all we can to win now because you're a great player. Uh, and they're good with that one championship. They'll ride that for the next 40 years. Exactly. They need, <laughs> they would be solid for a long time in L.A. with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so Ballmer has bigger thoughts. And so – Let's hear now from the commissioner of the NBA in Adam Silver. And so Silver talked uh, about a number of things, but the one thing that resonated with me the most is the three options for restarting the NBA. One of the things that we're very focused on at the league office and together with our teams is what are the conditions we would need to restart. And, uh, and I'd say I'm looking at three different things here. One is, of course, when can we restart and operate as we've known it? 19,000 fans in buildings, and sort of that's one set of criteria. Should we consider restarting without fans, and what would that mean? Because presumably, um, if you had a group of players and staff around them, and you could test them, and you could follow some protocol, doctors, health officials may say it's safe 
to play. So that's sort of second set of circumstances. And then the third option that we're looking at now, and I would say all suggestions welcome, is that as I sort of beginning of this interview, I've mentioned the impact to me on the national psyche of having no sports programming on television. And one of the things we've been talking about, are there conditions in which a group of players could compete, you know, and maybe it's for a giant fundraiser or just for the collective good of the people that you take a, a, a subset of players and is there a protocol in which um, they can be tested and quarantined and, or isolated in some way and then they can comp com compete against each other just because, again, people are stuck at home and I think they need a diversion. They need to be entertained. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, but, of course, it's all about safety, too, right? To be able to have um, a NBA playoffs without fans would be really tough. It would be really tough. It's a, pro, pro wrestling's doing it now with AEW and the WWE. They're doing it, but it would be very difficult in the empty gyms. Now, we saw some of this in the NCAA, um, not the NCAA tournament, but uh, some of the conference games. We saw some action with very few fans or no fans in the stands. It's just not the same. Uh, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see what the NBA will do with that. Now, just one quick thing on Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban is the Dallas Mavericks uh, owner. And so I don't know if he's proposing this or if it's something that's been talked about or if it's something that is going to eventually be fact. But Mark Cuban says the NBA could be back by mid-May. Um, I'm proud of Adam Silver. I'm proud of the NBA and the way we've reacted. Um, I think we've led the way. And hopefully we'll lead the way out of this. I mean, you know, no one has perfect information right now. And so all decisions are tough. But, you know, if I had to guess based off the people I've talked to um, at the CDC and other places, I, I would say that, you know, the over-under would be June 1st. And I'm taking the under that hopefully by middle of May, we're starting to get back to normal and the NBA is playing games, maybe not with fans, but mm -hmm. we're playing games because sports play such an important role. You know, people want something to cheer for. People want something to rally around. People want something to, to be excited about. And if the Mavs and the NBA in general can get out there and start playing games in, in May so that they're on TV, I mean, sports is what we need right now. And I think sports will you know, I think we're coming together as a community, particularly in North Texas, but I think we need it, and I think the NBA is ready to play that role. It's about safety, too, though. It's about safety. That's thing. That's number one. Fan, yeah, I love sports just like the next sports fan, but you want to make sure that everyone's safe if there's going to be 18,000, 19,000 people uh, in the stadium. We talk Bears and the draft with Howard Griffith. Now You're listening to Under the Hood. Get the ESPN Chicago app for podcasts and the live stream from anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Download in the app store today. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. We got Tales from the Hood coming your way at 835. We turn now to a two-time Super Bowl champion, Chicago's own. Howard Griffith joins us here. The draft's right around the corner. The Bears have made moves, so we call Howard and get his thoughts right here on ESPN 1000. Oh, Griff, how you doing? I'm good, my man. How are you? I'm good. I just want to put you on the show. I just want to, you know, you know during this very difficult time, we can always check on our seniors, so that's why I wanted to. <laughs> oh, oh, thank make, you. I mean, sure. <laughs> you know, we've, we've, we've known each other for, I, I don't know, 20-plus years at this particular point. And, I mean, this is the first shot you've taken at me. And, yes, yes, I am seasoned. I am seasoned, and I like to refer to it as that, and not necessarily a 
senior. <laughs> okay, well, I just, I, I, during this time, you, we have been told to be able to check on our seniors, so that's why I want to make sure you're okay. This is more or less, this is not an interview, Howard. This is a wellness check. So. Okay, so, so Hoodie, I'm going to ask, do you, have a, do you have a dump button on that? I don't want to start cussing at you. I don't want to have to utilize that thing. All right. You might have to. You're going to talk to me that way. All right, you got to well, stop. Okay. I'm just, <laughs> just very concerned. Nonetheless, I, I want to get your thoughts. Um, before I ask you about um, some of the best players that you saw in college football this past season, I just want to get your thoughts about the, the news that we've seen over the last seven to 10 days about the bears. You knew that they were going to make some moves. Wasn't sure if they would go for a quarterback, but they have got Nick Foles in the mix. What was yep. your initial reaction to Nick Foles now being with the bears? You know, not really excited about it, but at the end of the day, they're creating competition amongst the, at the quarterback position. And I think that's what they have to be able to do. Now, is it going to be a legitimate competition is the next question, and we don't know that, and, and we just have to see. But I, I think it needs to be a wide-open competition. And what I mean by that is that Mitch is going to be able to take reps with the ones. Uh, Foles is going to be able to take reps with the ones and twos and threes and to be able to mix things up so that at the end of the day, they can go back and be able to look at a tape and have seen both of these quarterbacks in certain situations – and to be able to compete in what they've been able to do in those situations. What do you remember about competition? Because this is something I've been pushing for for a while, Howard. Like, either Trubisky is going to fold or he's going to flourish in that, okay, Chase Daniels never going to take my job, but Nick Foles could. What what does competition do in that spot in in training camp? It, it, It raises the level. One of the best competitions I ever had, plan was with someone you you will probably remember but bob christian went to yeah. northwestern we were both fullbacks with at, in the carolina panthers and we competed and, and it brought the best out of both of us and, and i think that's what you need to be able to do have a legitimate competition where you're going to be able to go in and and that's why i said both quarterbacks have to be able to work with ones twos and three legitimately so when the reps at the end of training camp if we have a training camp, when you get to the end of that, you're able to go back and look at the reps. And it's never going to be equal, but you can say this is how each player moved the team in certain situations. So now that becomes – the onus becomes on the coaching staff to make sure that they put them in those situations as opposed to just saying, hey, who's going to be the winner and you got to take the job because that's – that's not a true competition. If you've already decided who's going to be the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears, you've already lost uh, that quarterback competition. Howard Griffith from the Big Ten Network with Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So the, the Foles is an interesting choice, but then when you put Jimmy Graham in place at tight end, Listen, I understand the resume of Jimmy Graham, but the bottom of the resume is the thing that's not impressive. He's 32, 33 years of age. What did you think of that? Yes, they need a, the Bears need a tight end. I just don't know if they need a tight end that badly. One of the things that always happens in free agency, and this is, this is you're normally going to pay or overpay at a position of need because you've not drafted well. 
that's that hoodie. That's not going to change. So when you you have your tight ends and they're not competing at the the highest level that you believe that they should be, and then you see a name out there like Jimmy Graham, and I'm not saying that he doesn't have anything left in the tank, but when you draft properly, you don't have to try to fit people in in free agency because free agency is ultimately an admission that you weren't able to draft properly when you had an opportunity to. That's what it really is. And, and, and it's not really necessarily looked at that way because people say, oh, we can get better. We can just go out and sign this guy. Well, yeah, but why do you have to go out and sign a tight end? Because you either have not developed that person or he didn't fit your scheme, which means he was not properly evaluated. So there are a lot of reasons why you end up getting a guy that, that has had a lot of talent and a lot of success in the National Football League like Graham, but ultimately when you dig into it, it's because you've not drafted well as an organization. And then historically the Bears do what they do, right? They they always they seemingly always get it right on defense. <laughs> I mean, what, who's going to say that Robert Quinn's not a good player at five years, $70 million and replaces Leonard Floyd? I mean, I mean that, that's solid along with you already have Mac, you already have Akeem Hicks, you, Trevathan is re-signed, you got to work on that back end, but – once again, the Bears will have another strong defense. They just don't have an offense to match. But, Hoodie, the, the question should be, why, why did they have to sign a guy like that? It goes back to what I just said. Mm-hmm. You haven't figured out how to utilize the talent and put them in the best situation that they could be in to go out and have success. There's no guarantee that Quinn's going to come in here and be dominant. Everyone's getting excited. Oh, you got Mack on this side, Quinn on that side. You're going to be able to terrorize offenses. There's no guarantee to that. None. Every year, there is a new team that's walk, that walks out on the football field. Every year. And what happens is fans are guilty of this. The media is guilty of this. But because you bring in a name, it's, all of a, it's assumed that that person is going to come in and just pick up exactly where he left off when he was great. And and, and think about this. We talked about Quinn. We talked about Graham. Mm -hmm. We talk about both of those guys in two different scenarios, right? Both have been great players in the National Football League, both of them. But one, we're like, hey, I don't know if Graham can get it done. He's not exciting. But because he's on the defensive side of the ball, when you talk about Quinn, everyone gets excited. It's very it's it's interesting mind games that 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 fans play with themselves as far as trying to find that right piece and ultimately what's going to get them to the Super Bowl because that's where everybody's trying to go. Robert, I, I look forward to seeing what Quinn could do. Robert uh, Quinn, well, I look forward to seeing what he's going to do uh, as he replaces Floyd. I, I'm yeah. anxious now because you know even if Quinn is not great, again your defense is still solid. You just don't want him to be the reason why your defense takes a step back, I guess. You believe you believe that they're solid because they were last year and the offense played so poorly, mm-hmm. but there there are no guarantees. And, and that's why between the salary cap and general managers trying to make moves, there's really there's nothing guaranteed in it. And I mean that's you know, most sports, but that's why it's always fascinating in the off season when teams make moves in free agency, then they draft of how all of that's going to come together and mesh 
in the offense, defense, and special team schemes that they're trying to run that next year. Howard, who was the best football player you saw last year in college? You're putting me in a box here um, because the the conference that I watch, obviously watch the most is the Big Ten. Sure. But Chase Young was unbelievable. Um, Simmons from Clemson, the hybrid linebacker safety, I really – didn't get a chance to study him as much as I wish I had last year. But when I watched him play against Ohio State, I just knew Ohio State would be able to put him in some compromising positions, and they weren't able to, which forced me to go back and look at the rest of the film from the season and see that his versatility of what he were able to do with him, move him, you can have him in the box. He can, he's strong enough and big enough, physical enough to play at the line of scrimmage. He can drop back in coverage. He can cover tight ends. He can cover underneath routes. I won't say deep routes, but underneath routes from slot receivers when he's reading zone, man zone read. He's really talented as well. I mean, there are some very interesting players that are, that are out there, but I would go with Simmons and, and Chase Young to me are really two of the best college football players that I watched all of last year. Yeah, I, I can ride with you and say that Chase Young will could be the best player out of this draft. Joe Burrow was just the best story, and uh, and the LSU story was the best story, was it not? No, no question about it. What, yeah. what, what Burrow was able to do, and I mean, to, to understand, you know, the situation he was in at Ohio State, you know, he thought he was going to be competing for a starting job that the, the spring before he transferred. That really wasn't the case. Then you have, you know, Haskins come out and have the unbelievable year. Burroughs was in a learning situation down at LSU. Then the offense coordinator, they brought Brady in down at, at, um, at LSU. And then his senior year, he had an unbelievable year. I mean, you're talking about great stories. You're, you're, you're talking about, in the top five picks, top five picks of the, this year's NFL draft, you could be looking at Burrow, Young, and Jeff Akuda, the, the corner from Ohio State. And these guys were all teammates. And, and it's, it really kind of speaks to, you know, just how much talent and what great programs can do to bring in those talented guys into their program in a – have them come in and really be able to, to flourish. Because you go back a year ago, Jeff, Jeff Akuda, who I always believe was, uh, you know, top 15 type talent coming out of high school, but he, he didn't play as well as he needed to. But a lot had to do with the scheme that he was in. And then he has an unbelievable year. Chase plays unbelievably. I mean, it's, it's really a, a great story of what's going on at Ohio State. But you look at a guy like Tua. At Alabama, and what the coronavirus has kind of done because of that injury and him not being able to take the physicals and have those on-field workouts that he needs to have, but he's still probably going to be a top five, top six pay, pick. Lastly, Howard, and I appreciate your time. This uh, with this uh, COVID nineteen happening, the NFL is is winning the story because 
they were open for business for free agency, and they have been mm-hmm. in front of the line while all these other sports have closed down. They've been postponed. So when the draft takes place, it won't be that fanfare that we normally see. But will these players be introduced on Skype? That's That sounds like that's going to be. And if it is, it is. But it just, it's just it's so NFL. It's like, you know what? We know what's going on, but you need us. Open for business. And the NFL, without a doubt, is going to be open for business. And there are a lot of really talented young people that are not on the, not necessarily out there uh, as far as who they are, as far as notoriety is concerned. But believe me, they are reaching deep into their bullpen to find how to make this still a great event without having fans there. How are you going to be able to make this a great event? And it's going to be really fascinating to watch them try to pull this off because, you know, they, it's no secret. They, their pockets are very deep. So they're going to figure out how to engage uh, the public and keep them involved in this as best that they can. So it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting watch to see what happens. Yep, that's why Jay-Z makes the big bucks. All right, man, so as always. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> as always, I appreciate it. I hope that you and your family are, are well and um, look forward to the, the the draft right around the corner. Hey, so, Hoodie, I'm not going to let you off the hook. You're going you're gonna to end with some nice pleasantries, but you, you still called me a senior and old earlier in the interview. So I'm going to hold that against you until I see you next time, my friend. Be well. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll take that as a South Side threat. <laughs> All right, buddy. Be good. All right, man. There it is. This is Howard Griffin from the Big Ten Network with us here on Under the Hood. All right, coming up, uh, name a movie, Eric, that you have never seen before, but you've watched during this uh, stay-at-home order. We'll uh, get into that question and more on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. This is your car. My car? I said a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Pop the hood. Pop the hood? Pop the hood. Tales from the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Here we go. Tales from the Hood, right here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Jonathan Hood with you. Coming up uh, at 9.05, we will hear from Ryan Hollins, friend of the program. We'll talk some NBA with Ryan Hollins. And if you're a wrestling fan, if you love your WWE, you love your AEW, you love your Impact Wrestling or New Japan, we all we got that for you coming up an hour from now. We'll hear from Mike Johnson from PWInsider.com. We'll get Mike's thoughts about how WrestleMania is going to roll with no fans. And it's going to be a two-day event this year, by the way. It's going to be very odd. So we'll talk to Mike about that from PW Insider. If you're a wrestling fan or know of someone, tell them to tune in in an hour from now. And I got your wrestling conversation right here on ESPN 1000. Okay, so Tales from the Hood are is based on several topics. So, Eric, you were not with us last night, but Sean and Tyler and I were going through... Uh, litany of uh, answers last night was what is the new TV show that you're watching or binge watching during COVID-19 and there was a lot of and of course a lot of people are at home as you well know and so there's some answers I want to get your answer to this and then we'll move on to our next one but 
I mentioned I watched Goliath on Prime with Billy Bob Thornton because I like that and a couple other shows on Prime that I'm a, I'm a big fan of. Um, someone said The Crown. Someone said uh, Cobra Kai. I watched Cobra Kai a while ago. It's not. It's pretty good. It actually is pretty decent. So I got to check it out. Um, someone said Stranger Things. And I, I have a question about Fargo. Isn't Jamie, not Jamie Foxx, isn't Chris Rock in one of the Fargos? Have you I, have, Fargo I have not seen. That's on the list of a show that everyone says that I need to watch. And I, I have not watched it yet. Have Carmen do the the accent for you. The Fargo yeah. North, uh-huh. North Dakota accent is hilarious. <laughs> it's tremendous. Fargo, North Dakota. Like, I can't do it. No, all, no that's people, I can't one. do it, right? But, I, but Carmen is great. Have him do that for you one day. It's hilarious. It's great. Um, let me see what else is on this. Anyone mention Tiger King? No. If you're on, if you're on social media right now, it is probably the most talked about show. It's wild. It's on Netflix. It is about like it's about three different like big animal zoos across the country, like the the three biggest. And these people are insane. Every store, like every person, is crazy. They're all hillbillies. They're all crazy, and they. They're selling and breeding tigers and have gators. It's, I can't even be, there's a murder mystery mixed into it. There's espionage. There's tax evasion. There's everything in this, in this, it's a, like a three-show docuseries. What's the name of it? Tiger King on Netflix. King. Okay. It's, I, it's hard to even put into words. It's, these people are nuts. I guess I'm ready for it now after watching Don't F With Kings. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Cats, rather. Don't <laughs> this F with one cats. Is, is, is messed up on a different level. Just as you shake your head at these people. Like, how are they breathing air? They don't seem like they should be able to. See Lucifer on here. Ozark. Lucifer's good. Um, Ozark's tre- tremendous. Mm-hmm. It's coming back soon. Um, yeah, on Friday. Third season comes oh, out. Oh, is it Friday? Yes, oh, it is. Okay, I'm off Friday. That'll be right. restaurant quality for me. I have not seen Jack Ryan. I see... That's a quick watch. You can get through those fast. <laughs> is it really? Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're good. Is, is the lead character just looking at, staring at the camera? No, <laughs> no. Jim's not doing that? Okay. No, he's not. Not, not There's no, no quiet sit-downs <laughs> in an office. <laughs> so it's not- he actually surprisingly plays a decent <laughs> badass. You'll be surprised. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I was going through that list. So that was yesterday, and that's on my Facebook wall, Facebook.com. You can add to that if you care to. But the question we're asking you today, and I want to hear from both of you on this, Sean. So here's the question. So the question we have, I scroll up, scroll up. Oh, it's a long thread. Name a movie that you've never seen before, but you've watched during this stay-at-home order. So what have you watched recently, movie-wise, that you hadn't watched before? Last night, I went home and watched Captain Marvel. Had not seen it. It completed my whole um, Marvel collection, everything I need to watch and connect. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be pretty decent. A lot of people bashed it when it came out originally. But it turned out to be a pretty good movie. That's I, was pleasant, the, I was pleasantly surprised. That's the one with Brie Larson yes. in the lead role? Okay, I yes. know what you're talking about. I have not yes. seen that. I have not seen that either. Um, I will. So here's the thing with me, right? I guess I'm a little bit busy, right, Eric? I'm, I'm, I mean, working and stuff. I get yeah, you keep yourself busy. You do a good job at that. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> sometimes I'm a little bit busy, and sometimes certain movies slip through the cracks. I know that this movie is now a TV show on NBC. But I didn't want to watch a TV show until I saw Denzel and the Bone Collector. Now, this oh, goes back to, like, wow. ni- 99, yes. right? This is, like, right. this is great Denzel, too. Yeah. <laughs> this is Denzel just killing everyone. 
they're reprising this now on NBC. It's a TV show, and it's sitting on my DVR. I'm like, well, I, I'm interested, but I got to see the movie first. And so that was tremendous. Lincoln Rhyme as the Bone Collector, and Denzel was great in that. Um, so I finally got around to watching that. And even though it was years and years ago, I've seen a lot of, uh, of Denzel's work, obviously, but I hadn't seen that. So that's one movie that I've that I was want, want to watch and see. Eric, you do know Denzel wasn't the reason he was attracted to that movie, right? OK, that's yeah. just fair. It's yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah, his caretaker might have been. Yeah. All right. Let's that's not, that's let's... such a good Denzel movie, regardless. <laughs> yes, I understand. The character. Yes, the caretaker also was restaurant quality. Um, there's no, there's no doubt. But the movie, though, I mean, it, it just the acting, him laying down, and you know, he was in bed the entire mm-hmm. time. That's that's a hell of a way to to work. Um, so, Eric, what is? Is there a movie that you've seen that you hadn't seen until now? Yeah, about a week and a half ago, Madison, my wife, and I sat down and watched this. This movie is actually, let's see, 12 years older than I am. I'm 32. This movie was 1976. Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro, Jodie Foster. I finally, for the first time, watched Taxi Driver. No. Yes. And it was one of those where like, I realized I can't even remember where we found it. Maybe we found it on YouTube. But it was like, hey, I've actually never watched this. We're going to watch it. And she was apprehensive about it but she loved it because she's also in because she's a therapist so she like really likes like mental health and stuff and yeah with him going through being the veteran and everything it was amazing movie it's like a jodie foster breaking out and de niro maybe in his best role yeah yeah i would say that i think that's in the in the team photo for sure yeah an old classic like that it's so just, good this it's really good and and for those that want to date certain movies and say well i can't watch that because that's not in it's, it's not in a high def or it's not. Look, a good movie is a good movie no matter what it looks like, as long as it is relatable. Because what you're attracted to is a story. Exactly. The story. Character development and story. Like, I know now, especially like TV shows have turned into movies where they're gorgeous, but sometimes that gets lost in the story. It's just trash. So, like, something like Taxi Driver, it, it didn't look great on my HDTV, but man, was it engaging. And, like, you are drawn in the whole time because that story's great. Uh, you're welcome to join us, by the way, if you care to, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776. While you're at home or uh, in your home office, is there a name? Is there a movie that you have never seen before but you've watched during this stay-at-home order? Uh, we're glad to take your phone calls on that. I'll go through a list. You tell me. Uh, on the Facebook wall, uh, Michael Jacobs says, The Dead Don't Die. Never seen that. Um, here's something. I've never seen the Frozen series. I mean, and you don't really seems- have a reason to. You don't have a daughter. No. You're no, like, don't. you don't have young nieces. No. It's, well, it, I do. I, I do have. Well, I do, but I didn't. Yeah, I still. Again, probably- it's really not. <laughs> I haven't seen the second one. So Disney released the second one on Disney Plus early because of everyone being quarantined, staying at home. I haven't seen the second. And quite frankly, I don't have any motivation to either. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Robert says. Uh, Robert Nelson says the Black Panther. Uh, saw that in the theater. Uh, tell me you you haven't seen the Black Panther. Oh no, I saw it in the theater as well. Oh, okay, just yeah. check, just check it. <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird from that's an old movie from George uh, Leon Jones says Get Out. He didn't see Get Out in the movies, but he saw it apparently on DVD or on Netflix. Sand the Sand Pebbles says Cheryl Grafman. Green Book. I've never seen that from Brian Geltzeiler. I've heard it's really good. Um, 
let me see. Um, Mark, Mike Martinez says he's seen about six James Bond movies. <laughs> all, all in a row, I guess, in one day, right? I would say most Bond movies are fairly rewatchable. Like, you can kind of sit down in any of them and enjoy the silly over-the-topness of the Bond movies. Darren says Ford versus Ferrari. I liked it. I watched that. Oh, uh, I've never seen it. It's uh, It was just in the theaters recently. So, like, it's, you have to find it on certain streaming and, and, and on YouTube or whatever to rent. But it's really good. I didn't think I'd love it. Cool racing movie. Uh, it was entertaining. It was really well done. Uh, send me that. Uh, send me that link. Yeah, I'll send that, you the uh, Reddit that, link for sure. Send, send yep. me that shady link that you <laughs> found that on, please. I'd like to take a look at that as a as a car guy. Now, let me just ask this because I, I want to see it, and of course, work and life got in the way. Uh, is it play, based on classic cars, classic Ford and Ferraris? So yeah, it is. It's actually like Shelby Cobra or like Shelby, the uh, car creator, was racing against Ferrari, trying to create a American-made car that can beat the Italian road racing Ferraris, and it's him creating the Shelby Cobra that we all know and see. Okay, okay, because I am a uh, classic car fan. And, and that I might go- be arguably yeah. the best classic cars, the the Shelby Cobra. Okay, yeah. So okay. So I will definitely be looking for that cuz I love going to uh classic car shows every summer um in the south suburbs and uh, up north too when they have them. Uh Dave in Bolingbrook is with us on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hello Dave. How are you? Good. Thanks for checking in. Good. I watched that uh, movie last weekend. It was called Anna. It was by this girl. She was uh, she was sort of a, a internet assassin. It was, it was pretty good. It was better than I thought it would be. I ran into stuff, but yeah, that was, that's pretty good. If I tell you what, a show I watch: Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. I can watch that all day long. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a marathon, right? And you're just watching one after the other. Yeah, I see them before. And it's like oh, I just keep watching. <laughs> yeah, it, it's nothing wrong. With it. I appreciate your phone call. I, I do that with uh, American Pickers. Um, cause, yeah, I uh, like that one too. Yeah. Good yep. night. Thanks, man. Thanks for checking in, Dave. Yeah, there's certain shows that are just like, okay, it's on. Hey, there's no sports on. So, of course, I'm going to be catching up on stuff on the DVR. You'd be embarrassed of my DVR, Davis. So, it's like some of the stuff on here, it's like. You haven't cut into it since like 2019. <laughs> <laughs> the, you still like. The summer of 2019, you're still catching up. You know what? As as a bit, as a rib, I might just screenshot and send to you guys my DVR. Oh, Empire's taping right now. Oh, Um, perfect. (laughs) That show's been done for a while. Yes, it has. Shocked you have any space left. You know what? I'll send this to you. You can put it up on ESPN 1000. It's uh, it's kind of embarrassing. I got an old UIC game on I did with Cap from 17. It's still, no still shot. No, take that. <laughs> no, seriously. It's still here. I don't know. <laughs> it's, the DVR, I know we got a break here, but it's kind of weird in the DVR when you're watching things, when you're taping um, network television, right? And then you're going through the commercials, and it's like they're telling you about Christmas when it's March. I've been there. (laughs) It's like May, and you're getting a a cartoon for a a commercial for costumes for Halloween. You're like, oh, man, I I need to catch up on things here. Oh, gosh. Do you do that where, like, you see something and you record it, and you know there's no way you're actually – like, I have things sitting on my DVR. There's no way I'm actually going to go and watch this whole series. I have so many of those, like, random, like, oh, I heard this sitcom's funny. I'll do it. And, like, I don't – I have probably, like, 150 Modern Family on my DVR. 
course, I'm sharing. Yeah, well, and of course, I'm sharing this with uh, with Peacock. So this is also an issue. Right. <laughs> Her stuff on here too. Like, I don't even know what Killing Eve is. Oh, you're missing out. Killing Eve's a good show. Hey, by the way, Hood, the topic we talked about last night. Yeah. I also got into a new series that I'm going to begin binge watching. I get went through three episodes late last night. It's called Cherish the Day, new series from Ava DuVernay and mm. Oprah Winfrey. Very, very dope. Two young, intelligent, 20-year-old um, entrepreneurs from totally different sides of the track. Like a hood, oh, just an urban Romeo Juliet. Very nice series. I'm already three episodes in. I recommend that everybody goes and checks it out. What Go channel check is it, it on? It's on OWN, yes. So I was watching on, uh, I was watching it on demand Yeah, from OWN. Fantastic writing. We all know that Ava DuVernay does her thing, and the writing in this Badfella is amazing. I'm going to send a video of my DVR to you guys. I know Eric's going to put it up and make it fun of me, but it's just funny. I think the stuff that's on here, like, it's just crazy. All right, that's Tales from the Hood right here on ESPN 1000. Coming up, we'll hear from. Ryan Hollins, his thoughts about uh, what's going on in the NBA. Will we have an NBA season of some sort uh, after uh, this postponement? We'll get to that and more on UTH.